everybody. This is Tony Selznick. And Megan Hunt. And this is the Hollywood Dance Podcast. Today we're here with two really incredible people. So today's topic is about how teaching has impacted the commercial dance industry. I have sitting with me today, multi Emmy award winning choreographer and teacher, Tassandra Chavez, and an incredible educator and former dancer, Mark Miesmer. Hi, you guys. Hi. Hi. Can I just say the best educator I've ever seen? Oh, oh that's so nice. Oh, yeah. Well, your videos inspire me. I'm like, um, I want to be a student. Can I get a trade? I want to be in your work. We need yeah, to yeah, we need to trade. I would have been like in my, you're my, yeah. you're my person. Like, yeah. I was like just a little bit younger. I've already yeah, passed that out. My views. He would have yeah. been my assistant. We just, yeah. ooh. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> well, then this makes perfect sense that you guys are sitting here together. I'm so glad. Um, what made me think about this, you guys, is first of all, Mark, because I, I know you so well, and I know that you spent many years as a professional dancer, yes. and you worked all the time, and now you're a full-time teacher, and you love what you do, and it's so nice to watch you in a room because it's so clear that you love what you do, so you have such a passion for teaching. Yes. So I want to talk about this, and to Sandra, you are writing this incredible thing where your choreography career is just moving on this trajectory that's going up and up and up, yet you completely still kept your connection to the teaching industry that you have. And I know from us, like I remember like with Julie and I 10 years ago when we would talk to choreographers and they're still teaching, we'd say, oh, okay, well, when you want to be a choreographer, come back and let us know. But right now you're a teacher. And now what we're doing is we're booking like Tassandra, we're booking your choreography jobs around your teaching jobs because it's so important. And, and other people like Kevin Maher is the same way that we have to work around the teaching. So teaching has become so important. So I guess the first question I want to ask you guys is when did you, when did you each feel that teaching is such an important part of your life and how does that feed in how does it feed into where you are in your life right now uh for me teaching was innate i started off as a teacher when i was 15 years old i taught at the local park and recreation in san diego that's also where i trained in dance very very young um but i innately knew from the beginning that i wanted to be a choreographer first so i i would mm. say i'm a choreographer first teacher second in terms of my passion um, but I knew if I wanted to be the most epic, legendary choreographer, and that was my goal, I don't think I'll ever get there, but that's the goal, mm -hmm. I knew that I had to be an amazing teacher to be able to convey my work clearly and concisely, and also not injure dancers doing that choreography. Mm -hmm. So I ultimately knew that teaching would be the foundation to accelerate my choreography career and make it the most effective and refined it could be. Amazing. For me, I danced professionally for like 20, 25 years. Um, and when I adopted my daughter, Ryan, I kind of was like, I'm done, I think I'm done dancing. Like I'm ready to shift into a different aspect of my life. I assisted Jackie Slight. She introduced me on LA Underground. Her assistant got a job and she said, do you want to assist me on convention? I was like, what, what does that mean? She's like, you travel and you teach and you'll be on stage demonstrating. I was like, I did not grow up with convention. And I was like, that sounds amazing. I was obsessed with taking dance class. I would work professional jobs and I would be in class at 8.30. Doug Caldwell's class from 8.30 to 11 and back on the set in the morning. I've always been a class fanatic and training was always like my passion to train and be the best like technical trained dancer I could be. So after I adopted Ryan, I, um, I got a call to do Nouveau and I 
just thought this is a great like place. I'm gonna do this for a couple of years and see how this comes. I don't really know this convention world too much, but I think it's gonna be a really cool moment. And I fell in love with teaching and I teach with the best incredible faculty. And when my, my teacher mentor, Doug Caldwell, passed away um, a few years ago, I thought it was like my legacy to continue lyrical dancing and inspire the future generations of dance and keep lyrical alive the way I was trained and how I loved class so much. And I just like found this new love of teaching that I never realized I was I would love it so much. And now it's this is 14 years of Nuvo since day one, and I love it every weekend. It like it's changed my life, and I'm able to be a small part of all these incredible dancers' journey. What's also interesting, and I talked to you this yesterday, Mark, that so many people like I see on Instagram, people talk about their favorite choreographers. They list you as one of their favorite choreographers, and it's so funny because you're not even really a profet you're not a choreographer yet, but you are because. Yeah. The, the choreography that you put on these kids, they live for it. And I wasn't, I didn't grow up a technical dancer like that, but I watch these technical dancers, I can see the need that they have to do your choreography and how important it is that they do it. So it's, it's so beautiful for me to see how you've risen as a choreographer because of the fact that your training is so good, you know? And to Sandra, and what's interesting with me about you is that as a choreographer, you are setting the bar higher, in my opinion, for what you're expecting from dancers, because there's yeah. not a lot of choreographers. I know like Marguerite Derricks also does that, where she expects a really high level. But when I think about watching your career grow and the fact like Derek and Julianne took to you and brought you in to choreograph their stuff, and the dancers that you're using are like, I mean, I call them like world-class dancers. You have the yes. best dancers in your numbers. And I'm sure it's connected to the fact that you're also a teacher, that you're teaching them, and that's how you know who these dancers are. So I guess my question to you now is, how much does the teaching affect in terms of your choreography, what dancers you choose? Like, and, and like, how does that world work for you? Like, how do you pull from your teaching in your professional choreography world? Well, I teach on Radix, so I'm also in the convention world like mm -hmm. Mark. And so I'm able to see the future generation of That's dancers incredible. up and coming. Mm -hmm. And then through working in the industry, through jobs, I'm able to see up and coming dancers as well. So it's this constant circle of dancers filtering through. Um, but I think being a teacher, I'm able to look at potential. I'm able mm -hmm. to look at that diamond in the rough mm -hmm. and go, you are spectacular. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to train you. I'm going to kick your butt. And I'm going to make you the best possible freaking dancer you can be. And then through that, inevitably, my choreography is going to shine because they go in tandem, really. So I'm teaching them, but I'm also creating on them. And do you do auditions or do you pull just from people that you know from convention? I really don't audition. I pull from convention and I pull from jobs that I do, or people refer dancers. Like Mark yeah. could text yeah. me and be like, this guy JJ that assists me at Nuvo is incredible. Mm -hmm. You yeah. need to use him. So like things like that. We talked about that. that on a job. You're like, how is someone? Yeah. And I was like, amazing, you'll love her. Yeah. You know, like just We always are connected, and I always tell dancers, never burn a bridge. Mm -hmm. Be kind, yeah. be humble. Um, you never know who's going to help you in this business. And, and, and don't treat people kindly just because you think they can do something for mm -hmm. you. You have no idea what human you will touch and affect, mm -hmm. and they will so in turn help you, and they will speak about you, and through that energy in the universe, your, 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 your world will keep building. Because ultimately, it's really not even about your career building. It's about your life building, and life is more than this career. I love that. Oh, I you know, the other day, Eric Serotopin, I've always, it's hard to say his last name. It's tricky, you're Serotopin. Serotopin, yes. He was in our office and he talked so highly of you and you're one of his, the most important mentors in his life. And it was interesting because he said some of the similar things just in our conversation about how important it is to give the right messaging for the kids. Yeah. And I think it's so great because it's, you know, we tell people all the time, 
study with working choreographers. Like if you want to work, you should be studying with the work. So the fact that you actually hire people from the conventions, that's an incredible, uh, that's like an incredible thing that dancers need to understand. There's value in, t in training this way because that can actually lead you to work. You it know? does. For sure. I mean, I've gotten, I would argue probably 90% of my dancers from convention. And then a lot of them, back in the day, I taught at Edge for many years. I would pick dancers from my class. So, really so you see work ethic in convention world. You see oh, work yeah. ethic in dance class. And that's attractive to a choreographer and someone you want to work with. And you're like, this person in different genres as well, convention, you learn so much, ballroom, hip-hop, musical theater, contemporary, lyrical, jazz, jazz funk. I mean, you have to be, it opens up to so much more than just being like a one-dimensional dancer. And we see this. I walk into the class performing and I watch someone teach and I'm like, that dancer's unreal. And then in my class, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't, that's the same person. Mm -hmm. Or, yes. wow, that's incredible. You can do Tucker Barkley's class and come into my class and then do lyrical, yeah. like that's bananas. You know, and have the technique and it works both ways. But you do, you spend time with them. At an audition, you spend such a short time with someone that it's, it, I think it's really special to build a relationship. And you also like can correct people in convention and you can fix things and you can like see how they take it. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's incredible. Great. So we've had this topic kind of come up before, but you know, we've said before that just someone that is a good teacher is always a good choreographer. So kind of what are like the major differences with each? I think, you know, you guys have proven that can be good at both, but not everyone necessarily is good at both. So what would you say to that? Yeah, to that? <laughs> I would say, I mean, honestly, for me, <clears throat> mine's the opposite of Cassandra. Mm -hmm. I am, I, I'm an educator, a teacher. That's yeah. like where my passion lies. I, I think with dancing professionally for like 25 years, I, my whole life was dance. Mm -hmm. Busting my butt to get the audition to go on tour, traveling in the world, doing, you know, selling deal. I was all over the place. And that I just wanted to be like, as a choreographer, you have to hustle to like book the job and submit your reel. I mean, there's so much work as a choreographer. I was like, I don't really want to go into that. Like, I'm fine doing what I'm doing. I, I want to be a dad and take care of my child. I love choreographing um, for me, but for me, it's in the teaching and that's where my heart and soul is. And I don't consider myself like a choreographer necessarily. I consider myself an educator mm -hmm. and teacher, but I do choreography and if I had to, or wanted to, I know that I could do that and feel that because I've assisted so many incredible choreographers and teachers along the way that have brought my journey to be able to do what I do now. And I think these, a lot of the young generation that teaches or stuff just thinks that they can choreograph or because they have a big following mm -hmm. that they're a choreographer. And it's really, it's like, it's extremely offensive to people who mm -hmm. their passion and life, livelihood and heart and soul in choreography. It's not just like a side job. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's like, I think it takes, I also think it takes maturity um, and having a mentor that can guide you along. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a lot of young, incredibly talented choreographers. I'm not taking that, you have to be older to be a successful and talented choreographer, but I think it's, I think it falls in, um, in the people that you're around and who has taught you and inspired you and have you assisted, like, are you able to mm -hmm. work with actors? Not just like, for me, I work with these beautiful trained dancers. That's not going to be on a TV show necessarily. Right. Uh -huh. Unless it was something specific like that you're able to choreograph and hire like so I, my world's different in that sense but i my i know what my lane is and i don't think a lot of people know what their lane is they just want to be open to everything which is a beautiful thing but it's also like it's a very strategic art being a choreographer okay. it's not just anyway because you're a dancer or successful dancers don't mean you're a successful choreographer and right. a good teacher doesn't mean you're a good choreographer right. 
And I, I think the biggest point is that to be a great teacher, you have to be selfless. You, that, number one, it's not about you. So when you stand up in front of that convention ballroom, you stand in front of that class, you are there to serve those students who paid money to take your class, and you're there to make them better and coach them and inspire them. And I take that seriously when I step on a convention stage. It isn't about Tassandra Chavez's choreography because that's a separate lane. Mm -hmm. So when I'm at Radix, I'm there to give them, those students, an experience. I'm there to change their lives because I know how teachers affected my lives. Mm -hmm. They changed my life. And that is a serious role. I know that I can say a very powerful sentence and that little girl in that room will go, I can do this. I believe in myself. I will do this. I'll be a choreographer one day. I can be a professional dancer because Tassandra saw me and she believes in me. Um, it's not about you. Oh, thank you. It's not about us at all. It, we are there to give and, and the secret of living is giving. I remember Derek sharing that with me before and I just love that quote. And then in terms of choreography, I also feel the same way actually and I think there's a lot of choreographers who are self-serving and to really be successful and authentic it cannot be self-serving it's also not about you it's about what the job calls for mm -hmm. so whatever job I'm being hired on I'm hired to deliver that meticulously and amazingly and bring that song to life or if it's a TV show they're asking me to do deliver that story the way that they want me to it's never about me and even when it is about me it's still a team effort. Like when I did work on World of Dance, the, I just won an Emmy for my work on World of Dance because it was so personal and authentic. And yes, it was about my stories, but it was still about the dancers. I look at the dancers and go, how can I bring them to life in the best way? How can I tell my story but still serve them in the best way? They're very different. And I'll back, uh, uh, back up what Mark is saying. Every amazing educator is not an amazing choreographer. And the flip, every amazing creator choreographer is not an amazing educator. Can you be both? Yes. Not always though. And I think it's important to dig into your heart and go, what am I really? What is my purpose? Where do I feel alive? And the way I measure it as well is if I'm working and I look at my watch or I look at the clock, I'm not fully enthralled and mm -hmm. that's a red flag. And mm -hmm. I gotta go, let me rethink this. Maybe I should be doing something else, but I'll tell you when I'm working with my dancers and I'm doing choreography, I'm lost. Yeah. I have no idea. Someone mm -hmm. has to tell me to stop. Sound rehearsal's almost over. Okay, got it. Let's break the dance. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's funny, and, and this is my our fourth podcast, mm -hmm. and in every one, we've talked about the importance of mentors and teachers. That's why this is such an important topic for me. I think it's really, really important. And because there's so many people, and, and social media has a lot to do with this, that there's, you know, people that have learned through online, which then takes away having somebody saying, oh, no, that's wrong. That's right. You're moving too fast. Like, you know, that's, that's really important. Have you guys, going back to one of the questions that, that Megan had prepared, do you, how have you seen dance change over the past 10 years, like specifically dancers in, that you're teaching? How have I seen them change? Yeah, like as... as has the industry changed from what, like, as a teacher 10 years ago to teacher now? I mean, the How are level the of dance is, I mean, That's it's where, yeah. bananas. I'm not really sure how, like, <laughs> where it's going to go <laughs> and what, where it is now. It's it's unbelievable. We both are very blessed to teach the super high um, level conventions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, people that go to Radix and that come to Nubo are extremely talented, and so we get such a beautiful array. But, I mean, the mini room, like, I <laughs> teach the mini room, and I'm like, you're seven, 
when you're doing like, it's there some of these minis and juniors are better than the teen and seniors yeah yes and the drive and like i mean the, 10 years ago i don't know that kids were homeschooled and then three ballet privates a day and right going to right. a ballet school and then going to your studio and then going to convention there's kids that come to convention every single weekend they fly around the country radix 24 7 yeah. jump nubo and my cda i mean it's like it's like literally like it's it's crazy. So with that, it's elevated the art of dance and the, the technique and the technical side of what these kids can do. It's it's unbelievable and kind of scary yes. where it will go to without, you know, I don't know what the next level would be, but it's also, it's just 10 years ago, like when I was dancing professionally, I was a trained technical dancer and I worked that way as a token, authentic white boy, six foot. <laughs> Partnered, tumbled, flipped. I was, I did technical partnered, but now I'm like, well, if I was a dancer now, I mean, it's so hard. Oh, you'd still kill it. I, but like, but <laughs> you would still kill it. Ten years ago, you know what I'm saying? Where it's come, what will it be in ten years from now? Like, what oh, will I that know. demand be of what dancers are doing? So I think it's just elevating, elevating, and challenging choreographers and teachers to continue in training that technique because technique is forever. If you have technique, you can do anything, and a lot of these dancers and contemporary movers, for lack of a better word, that, that if you don't have a strong technical base, you can't, you won't be as, you'll be able to obtain your career no. and have a longevity in this business and industry without injury and those techniques forever. So as long as you're in your craft and training your craft, you can have a long, beautiful, open-ended career. I always say technique will never go out of style. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I think sometimes the kids look at, you know, myself and a lot of my colleagues who do really funky type of work. And I think they don't realize that people like myself trained in ballet extensively. Mm. I started ballet when I was 11 in San Diego. I got a ballet scholarship at a studio and the woman I trained with was genius. I took ballet every day, mm. every day. Mm from 11 years old to probably like, I went to college when I went to Long Beach State. But my point is, I knew that the foundation was so, so, so important. And I do think that is a bit lacking in some dancers that are so consumed with social media and getting likes and mm -hmm. seeing dance on television that they just wanna copy and emulate without yeah. realizing that you actually have to do the work mm -hmm. and, and get the foundation and take ballet, 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 ballet. So you might look at my work and go, Sandra's her stuff is so funky and almost hip-hop, but contemporary. Yeah. That's all amazing, but I'll still ask you to point your foot and straighten your leg and get it up and pirouette and yeah. know your center Jump. and your core. Yeah. And so you have to be really, really trained to, to do my work because I've trained in it all. And I would really encourage dancers to be versatile, to take everything you can. I personally loved the challenge. I was like, oh, I can't do this. I want to do it. Um, so in, in terms of what I've seen in change of dancers, I've seen the elevation, like Mark said, where dancers are genius. But I've also seen a decline in really training and foundation oh, yeah. and truly mm -hmm. being versatile. I think they're so consumed with seeing contemporary on TV that they want to emulate without realizing, no, take technique. Yeah. You should be able to do lyrical and do pirouettes and do all of those things. Take tap. That's going to help with your musicality. Mm -hmm. It's totally. so, so important. So I've seen the progression of dance, but I've, I'm also missing sometimes a, a deep level of passion because of social media and and their concern for impressing us rather than really dancing for the mm -hmm. love of it. And I just would love to see dancers mm -hmm. dance because they love it and it be so, so honest rather than... The video. Or the, the video. 
Mm -hmm. I want to be in that group because I'm going to be in that video and get a million likes. It's not about a million likes. That means nothing. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a social media following, then the ego is and the yeah. insecurity of like, well, that's so and so, and she's or he is this, and that it's they can't uphold yeah. that standard because mm -hmm. it's not real social media. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you can't. Uh, my favorite thing in the world is can you back it? Can you back your social media up? Like, can you do right. that right now? That's, you know, like, not just because you shot that video four times and you got the one time you did it well. Uh -huh. That's yeah. not, that's not what dance is about. Dance is, like you said, it's, it's, it's the daily grind of the technique at the, at the ballet bar to do anyone's work and also to be, save yourself from injury because yeah. it's a very demanding, dance is so demanding on your body. Yeah. Well, I've noticed in the dance industry in the past five years how technique has actually come back in style because mm -hmm. I remember when hip-hop first came into the oh, commercial dance true. world and there was 10 years there where dancers were working all the time that didn't necessarily have any training but mm -hmm. but thanks to your kind of style training Mark and your choreography too to Sandra like you and again I'm going back to like with Marguerite you guys expect so much from your dancers mm -hmm. and you hire the best dancers yeah. and that's not what we're seeing on TV like the thing you did with um with uh, the Christmas with the Huffs just the with Autumn on stage and you know all the stuff <laughs> yeah. that we're, I mean it was just um, insane the level of talent that's and it's great because it's showing dancers now you have to have technique. I love that this I mean, is the so standard. And we want to change that standard and go, no, you have to be able to do it all if you want to work. And why wouldn't you want to be able to do it all? Because ultimately, that's going to make you more accessible, more employable for many, many years. It's about longevity. It's so great to hear you guys. It's great to hear you guys say that because, you know, like, about five years ago it started where they were asking people on auditions to put in your social media yeah. numbers like how famous are you kind of stuff yeah. and it's great to hear you guys say that that's actually not what what motivates you to hire somebody I think that that's so weird to me because like when you go to an audition it's like the one thing where you have to do it mm -hmm. the first teach the combo and you hire literally in front of your face of the execution right there not because of someone's following that is like bananas to me but really trained dancers also are really if they're in class and you're working on your craft and doing going convention world you're learning to pick up choreography yes. fast change styles yes. it helps you become a better auditioner which then hopefully will get you jobs as well we have a lot of clients that come in that are dancers of ours and wanting to kind of move into the choreography world but you know no no real experience doing any work within choreography so I'm just curious, like, what is some advice you would give a dancer who wants to be a choreographer? I know. I already said. know I mean, what they're going to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know what I say. So I am curious to hear, because, you know, there's a lot of young dancers that are very quick to just call themselves choreographer when really they haven't maybe done any work within that world yet, but they do want to get there. So I'm just curious, like, what would your advice be? Yeah. Well, it's tricky because with dance, if you want to be a better dancer, you go to dance class. Mm-hmm. With choreography, if you want to be a better choreographer, there is no really True. class, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is why I feel strongly about mentorship. You know, mm -hmm. I have a lot of young choreographers, Sean Liu being one of them, who looks to me as a mentor and, mm -hmm. and I help guide in terms of creating and choreography. And then on the flip end, I, as a choreographer, also look to other people to guide me. Nappy Tabs has mentored me. Brian Friedman, I even just got off the phone with Marguerite <coughs> asking advice from her. I would go to Mark for advice and say, what do you think of this work? Yeah. I even recently did a workshop where I presented all of my work and had elite choreographers judge my work. Wow. I love that. We were I there. Mark that. and I were there. You guys that were there. Awesome. She, you filled out. Yes. What, and it was incredible. Because vulnerable and real and honest. I want to be vulnerable the rest of my life. I want to keep growing. Yeah. I am never going to be good enough. So back to mentorship, back to what do you need to do to be a choreographer? Well, first, 
you need to put in the work. Mm -hmm. You need to be humble and go, okay, what avenue do I need to take? I need to get my work out there. I first got my work out there by doing Carnival, ironically. Yeah. That was like mm -hmm. the first time I came to LA. Mm -hmm. You need to find opportunity to keep presenting your work because you have to hone in your craft and exercise those skills and keep refining them. They're never going to be great enough. You just have to keep rolling with it and get dancers together that believe in you and keep presenting work. Um, but don't call yourself a choreographer just because your ego wants to be a choreographer. Yeah. It really has to speak to you. You have to know in your soul that is my calling in this life. My calling is to create and inspire and present. You know what I mean? It's just not, oh, I'm, I was a dancer for 10 years, so this is just the next step. Yeah, so. No, it's not. Or I didn't not. work as a dancer, and now I'm a choreographer. Right. We, Which yeah, is I even worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, you know, I'm just not going to be a dancer, so I'm going to choreograph. No, you yeah. have to be a dancer to, to, to choreograph. It really right. has to be your calling. We all have a purpose in this life, right? And whatever your purpose is, you have to go for that. And and it's you know it's easy to get caught up in your ego and go, what's flashy? Mm -hmm. What's going to get me attention? And it should. And when it's about that, it's you know fraudulent to mm -hmm. be quite frank. It's yeah, just not real. Well, you know what's interesting too. To your point, to become a good choreographer, you have to study with a good choreographer. You have to have mm -hmm. you know assisting, right? But what I also see, which is really interesting, that there are some assistants that you can tell just are there to get the job, to be the choreographer, and then there are some assistants that are really there to do that job, which is to assist a choreographer. And to me, it's a big difference, because I see choreographers all the time bringing an assistant, and I can tell within 10 seconds, oh no, they're there, and the second that choreographer's gonna go to the bathroom, they're gonna do what they can to meet the producers and get that job for them the next time. And then there's the assistant that really their primary focus is to be there for the choreographer. Sure. So much so that, like, I just heard this yesterday, where uh, a job was asking for an assistant to come back the second time and not the choreographer. Mm -hmm. And what the assistant do? Called the choreographer and said, hey, I've been asked to come back and they're not asking you back this time. Are you okay with me going? That's the right way to be an yeah, assistant. Because I've seen many, many times where assistants go in there and, and on their thing, they go, hey, you know what? I, if you ever need me to come in, I'll come back because I work fast, that kind of stuff, you know? Or less so, money or something. Absolutely. So, you know, it, so going to your point that when you assist, it has to be genuine. Your job as an assistant choreographer is not to try to step over that person, but really learn what they need. Learn. And by learning what they need, you're going to start to build your skill sets when it's your turn. Absolutely. But, you know, and that's just having good character. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Which yeah. you have to have good character to have longevity in this business. And, and you, your intention has to be in mm -hmm. line. You know, you have to be about learning and growing. Um, but that's another key point you're saying, Tony, is that to be a choreographer, you have to actually assist a choreographer mm -hmm. who's mm -hmm. really talented at the job and learn. You mm -hmm. have to learn. You can't go, oh, I'm a choreographer. I've arrived. I know what I'm doing. We never really know what we're doing. Yeah. We're always evolving. That's a red flag right there when someone says, I'm, I'm arrived, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm curious. You guys create, both of you, these like amazing pieces that are so beautiful. But doing that for so long, like what it, what it, do you pull inspiration from like to create constantly new material for me real life you know real life like I the piece I won an Emmy for was about my father and, and not having a father in my life mm -hmm. um, and then just music inspires me if I hear a beautiful piece of music I go oh my gosh I have to create to this and then sometimes it's my dancers <laughs> I'll see them. I did years ago, like 10 years ago, I did a, a piece with five beautiful black girls. 
and that piece was created for them actually mm -hmm. and it ended up being this beautiful piece mm -hmm. that people really love and um it's a staple in the in the dance community they go oh yeah the black girls piece it's not even called that. this song <laughs> this song is wish i didn't miss you anymore but they call it the black girls piece um so i get inspired by dancers music and my personal life and mm -hmm. yeah same really music's huge for me mm -hmm. um i get a lot of like beautiful messages through social media or someone's like I thought of you. I woke up and I heard this song and I thought this is a Mark Meesman lyrical can you please do something to this so I love that because I'm always open to new music and then my friends watching like Desandra's work and watching my friends work on that's inspiring to me like to see people doing things um and then I when I'm at Nouveau I look in the room and I'm like they're, they're staring at us for inspiration mm -hmm. and like what do you got for me and I'm like you feed my soul like when you look out and you see these kids and dancers and from even like I teach, teach the, there's a teacher room like I love that room the teachers yeah. like to be inspired by everyone around you um, is so beautiful and then in real life like my dad passed away of cancer nine years ago and I did a piece called Heaven for him like it was yeah. real life and that was like so healing for me so dance is so it's really those I just I love music is probably my number one but then real life and then being inspired and open to people around you and not thinking that you're so good that you can't look at someone next to you and be like that's so inspiring. I mean, watching last night in Carnival too, you yeah. watch it like, everyone's, it just makes you want to get up and dance and do something. Yeah. You know? It's really cathartic, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. special. So I, I have one more question. This is an odd one, but I was thinking like, you both don't teach so much here. You travel and you travel almost every weekend, mm -hmm. but we never really talk about that. Like Mark, you leave it like, you're up at three in the morning tomorrow, like yeah. before you go. and. Like, so it's not just like you wake up and you have your coffee, then you go to the local dance studio and you teach. I mean, you have to go. Yeah. I'm, I get so stressed out from traveling. Like, how do you, is that, does that affect you at all? Like, does traveling, because that's, that's, it's not like you just go teach. You have to get on a plane and then. Fly across the country. Yeah. Is it's that stressful? Hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It's not glamorous, but I take the good with the bad, you mm -hmm. know? So yeah, traveling sucks. <laughs> but then I get there and I see these dancers' faces and I go, wow, what an opportunity. What a beautiful mm -hmm. gift. What a beautiful life I have to be able to share what I love. Well, that's, so, that's when you're tired, I, I have this like winning philosophy. Like, even I say this in my class, like, be so thankful that you're tired. Be so yeah. thankful that your body hurts. Mm -hmm. Like this is a gift. I mean, yeah. look at what, this last week. Come on, like life is so yeah. precious, and yeah. we're out there doing shenanigans and like what's happening. This is so beautiful and so special, and we should thank God to be so tired after get up and teach six classes <laughs> at six a.m., which is three a.m. that I'm in Florida. Okay, yeah. thank you, thank you for this gift that I get to be an educator yeah. and teach anywhere from 800 to 1200 kids a weekend who yeah. are in the future of dance yeah. with the most amazing faculty as i'm sure you said that feel the same way mm -hmm. it's just beautiful like how is that my job it's such a gift mm -hmm. and dance is a gift and i it just you can rest later well you guys are a gift too i remember going to conventions and when i was younger and like i it feels like you're in the room with like just the most famous person ever and it's always so inspiring so i can only imagine the places that you guys go and the kids that you guys touch i mean it's amazing it's, a, it's really beautiful well you guys we could easily go on for another hour on this thing <laughs> we but really could. i just wanted to say in, in wrapping this session up like what a privilege it is to hear the both of you guys talk like yeah. what we we're trying to like put together who should be I just, I just had this idea that the two of you need to be in a room talking together mm. and it's really beautiful it makes me feel really good to be part of this conversation. So thank you to Sandra and thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Guys. And on behalf of Megan and myself and the Hollywood Dance Podcast. Mm -hmm.
That's it. That's a wrap. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Bye.